Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I publish the website www.theweeklydriver.com. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich. It's our first podcast of the year, and we have on today as our first guest, Max Mack, who I've known through the years from the cycling world in Sacramento, but uh, Max has a nice business that we're going to talk about, uh, Driven to Drive. And so, Max, welcome to our podcast. Um, Happy New Year to you, and how's it going? Thanks for having me. Um, Happy New Year, and all is well. It's a nice, bright, sunny day for 2019. Yes, it is. Could you give us an introduction, Max, uh, about your business and where the idea came from and how long you've been doing it? Oh, absolutely. Um, Driven to Drive uh, came about from my participation in a uh, monthly meetup, an automotive monthly meetup group. Auto enthusiasts meet up once a month at some um, parking lot somewhere in the region, and um, I was introduced to that by a business associate of mine, and I like the fact that all these vehicles gathered in a parking lot and, you know, everything from Ferraris to Lamborghinis, Porsches, um, some motorbikes even, and um, having attended and working for those guys for about six years, bringing money to the group uh, to sponsor different events, um, I decided to um, do something a little more different uh, that um, I experienced at Carmel Concours on the Avenue and um, during Pebble Beach um, Concours. Um, I like how the areas that they were in were very elegant and kind of cool, so I decided to um, break off and start my own group called Driven to Drive, where we host and curate concourse-style show-and-shine events at jet hangers, wineries, country clubs, vineyards, and unique spaces. That's a cool concept. I love the Concours on the Avenue down there at Pebble Beach. It's my favorite event, yeah. Yeah, it is. And yeah, at Carmel, I really took to the liking there because you had all these beautiful, you know, some historic, some just very elegant vehicles, Alphas, Lotuses, and the like, and just all on display out on the avenue and people walking about, visiting the shops, having breakfast, having coffee, but still walking around and seeing all these beautiful cars and talking to the owners and getting the backstory on why they got the car and, you know, what's so special about it for them. And I wanted to bring that to Sacramento. Well, it sounds like, <clears throat> excuse me, it sounds like you got a, uh, it's like a club, but people don't have to participate as far as uh, deciding where to, uh, who, who's going to host the event and, uh, you know, right. all, all yeah. the rigmarole that people don't like to join clubs about. Exactly. You take care yeah, of it. We, yeah, and, you know, and that's the thing, too. So I've been reaching out to the different clubs, uh, uh, BMW, Porsche, Ferrari, British Motorsports Car Club, etc. Um, wanting to present to them, look, you guys don't. You guys have your own events. That's great. But now, what Driven to Drive is doing um, is basically putting these events together, curating them on their, you know, for them, so that they can show up and have their corral of BMWs, their corral of um, Citroens or uh, Ferraris to but in a very nice, elegant venue where they can activate the space by either wine tasting or having lunch or um, or what we do is we put out badminton and croquet when we're on the lawn somewhere at a country club or a vineyard so people can 
play badminton and croquet while they're at a car event. And you're, you're open to all types. You know, the Ferrari-type guys might be different than the, the muscle car guys or the, the vintage yeah. uh, Triumph owners. or You know, they're all yeah. different corrals, if you will. Uh, that's but, what, and that's what I liked about it is because, every, I mean, I want all auto enthusiasts that have a penchant for the car or their badge that they like or even if there are multiple badges that they like to come on out because it makes for just a nice way to network, socialize, and talk cars. Max, I was looking at the website a while back um, after we saw each other at coffee a while back in, in Midtown. Um, some of the events that you've had, could you take us through a, an example of two, and how long have you been doing it? Sure, absolutely. Uh, we started in uh, January 29th, uh, 2017, and our venues such as the Old Sugar Mill, uh, they've got a great space out back. Um, they've got 15 or so wineries, I believe, but their back area is with lawn, and so we've been gracious enough or grateful enough to have been asked to be out there and have some of the cars in um, on display while they're having a concert and some other activities happening and we got great response from Spectre uh, Car Club which has the Lancias, um, the unique DKWs, Citrones and the like and um, and then also with um, the newer you know Ferraris and BMWs and Porsches all on display while people are milling about, enjoying the music, enjoying the food, enjoying the wine tasting, and still having some additional eye candy of the vehicles on display. Um, that was a, a nice, successful event for us. Another event that we did was at the um, Davis Flight Support in uh, Davis, where we had a jet hanger veiled to us, and we had cars parked inside alongside some beautiful Cirrus aircraft and other um, jets that um, frequent the airport. So, I mean, the, the the hangar. So, that's another cool, unique venue where people can get photos taken of their vehicle against, you know, next to planes and just in that nice environment. Um, and then our Peace Miller Resistance for 2018 was the exotics and classics on R Street event we did that um, saw us on R Street between 15th and 14th. We closed down the street. And we had cars parked on either side, and it was just an amazing, fun event for people that are just walking by, having lunch or um, or breakfast at any of those restaurants there. But then also, too, for the attendees who brought their cars and put them on display and were able to really see a wide variety of muscle cars, alcohol-fueled cars, um, classic cars from the California Auto Museum were there and also the Ferraris and Lambos and all that. Well, we so didn't get kind of events we've done. We didn't get that Golden Boston invitation, but I'm assuming we Bruce and I and maybe our spouses will come to one of the events in in 19. It would be great. I I have to uh, profess some ignorance. I didn't know about any of those events, but it sounds it sounds fantastic. And I think I read on the website uh, Max that uh, people can uh, subscribe. You have a membership and you get um, different things with the membership. You get notifications. You get a goodie bag. Take us through um, how a person becomes involved as, a, as an auto enthusiast. Well, you know, what's, in, what's cool is that we like, you know, anyone can show up with the, whether you want to spectate or if you have a vehicle of choice that you want to bring to have on display. Um, we welcome everybody, and there's no charge for that. 
Um, we encourage attendees to become a member only because it helps offset the cost for our permits, uh, the signage that we have to do for various locations, as well as the insurance that we put up to make sure that everything is safe and secure. But, you know, you go on the website and it's $75 a year and you get preferred parking at any of the events. We typically serve a continental breakfast or some bagels, croissants, that type of thing, along with coffee and juice and water. And typically we'll either have a live band, a live three-piece band playing, or even have some uh, DJ providing some background ambiance um, music to um, set the tone uh, for being at the event. And on a quarterly basis, we have goodie bags, gift bags from our business partners who um, love to introduce their product or service to the auto enthusiast lifestyle, be it their personal, professional, or auto lifestyle. So um, it's really kind of a fun thing to do, and it's really low-key. We do all the work. You show up, have a good time, network, socialize, and talk cars. I think that falls into the category of win-win, the cliche of win-win-win-win. It just sounds really yeah, good. Yeah, only 75 bucks. That's a great That's deal. That's a fantastic deal. What is well, the what yeah. is the URL, Max, just so we have that on the on the podcast? Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. It is driven to drive.co. Dot .co. Okay. Yeah, all yeah, the dot .co people, yeah. Dot .coms are, are uh, getting hard to get, so that one of the new ones is the dot .co, right? Dot .company. That, that, yeah. that is correct. And you know, and FYI, um, One of the best parts of going to a Driven to Drive event, if I can say so myself, is typically the drive getting there and the drive coming back. That's one of the things that we look at when we curate an event. What's the drive going to be like getting there for people coming from, you know, all points on the compass here? Yes. Um, So that makes for a nice, spirited drive to the event. Then you have a fantastic experience at the venue, and then you have a nice drive back down some you know killer roads and whether it be on the river road or through the foothills but it'll always be a good time where does your uh where do you take membership from uh, if i'm not saying that right uh, how, how far do, is your audience we're in sacramento bay, here yeah east, east bay silicon valley reno uh, modesto stockton and the greater northern california region including uh, Yolo, Gall, Placer, that kind of thing. No, that's a great draw then. Yeah. Max, I, as I mentioned earlier, we, you know, we kind of know each other through the years, through the, the cycling world, or you, as a yeah. comp- you as a competitor and myself as a reporter. Um, yeah. And But I don't, what I don't know about you is, a, are you a car collector yourself? And if you are, what, what kind of vehicles do you have? Yeah, so um, I, my first car was a 74 Gremlin <laughs> back in the day. I like you even more. I like you Holy even more. <laughs> and, you know, and a buddy of mine uh, had this Barracuda. It was Purple Cuda. And I just thought, wow, man, that is the coolest thing. And he always had, like, the cool girls around him and all of that, you can imagine. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to get me a car so I can, you know, maybe attract some <laughs> some young ladies while I was in high school. Well, I got this gremlin thinking it was a deal. And... I didn't see, yeah, I didn't get any attention. <laughs> but, uh, no good attention. Then, yeah, no good attention, exactly. I think the only other car I could have had that was worse was the um, was the AMC Pacer. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. That's pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. yes. 
but I ended up uh, from there falling in love with this car because it was unique, different, and started getting um, my that was my first entree into the automotive world. And then from there, it was the Fiat 124 Sports Spider, uh, the 900 F Saab, 320, you know, several three series BMWs, um, Alpha GTB6s. And that was, I used to go to this mechanic, uh, European Sports Car Garage on 16th. And um, Paul Sr., after I brought my car in for maybe the umpteenth time, and he just looked at me and said, Max, you need to get a Toyota. <laughs> because <laughs> I was working on it more than I was actually driving it. So, wow. um, And then since then, it's just been uh, my next um, foray will be a, a Mercedes wagon, E63 wagon that's got a little... Um, juice to it, an 850 Bravis tuned, 850 horsepower engine, so it'll have some sport action as well as some utility to it as well. That's, That's a good combination. It still won't get the girls, but uh, that'll be fun <laughs> right. to drive. You, you know, you mentioned Concord on the Avenue. I distinctly remember a few years ago when this young guy drove uh, his Mercedes Benz station wagon across country this beautiful yeah. old Ben's wagon, and he got, uh, I think he got best to show that year. It was dark blue, it was pristine, and the guy was kind of a, a very enthusiastic young guy, and, and I distinctly remember every head turned. I mean, like you mentioned, all kinds of Ferraris and every other kind of car, but that old Ben's wagon uh, stole the show, literally. Absolutely, yeah. You see those sleepers out there, and you're just like, everybody will have to acknowledge you. You just have to bow down to, like, yes, that's a beautiful representation of automobile yes I, it, it, I think people wonder their first thought is why would you take a, a vehicle like that and re put all that money into it it's not worth yeah. anything but you know uh, they always have a story behind them that's and right they are worth it, a lot of money to, to whoever owns them you know and that's the best part of being involved with this uh, driven to drive are the backstories on why these individuals these auto enthusiasts love the car that they love and drive what they drive and spend the money on them it's it's amazing every story is unique every story is beautiful and different two other things come to mind uh, uh max i noticed that you have support from uh von Housen, i believe yeah and um, um yeah 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 we just um we just wrapped that up that's their contract i should be pulling that off um just wrapped up that arrangement with von Housen, but they were a great supporter of driven to drive and showcasing some of their vehicles at the events as well throughout the year gotcha and, and lastly do you have something scheduled i i'm remiss and not remembering it but what do you have on the horizon um early in 2019 well look forward to being up up and away in my beautiful balloon um exotics and classics on r street and we'll throw in a probably a couple of country clubs and uh, wineries along the way that sounds great that sounds great i gotta see that lineup well, Max, yeah. thanks thanks for uh, being our guest today. We uh, really appreciate People should go to your website, um, uh, drivenTodrive.co. There's all kinds of things. The membership sounds fantastic. So thank you for being our guest uh, this morning on the Weekly Driver Podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for allowing me to be your first. Um, I You did say this is the first podcast for 2019? Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. I, I am honored. I am, <laughs> with, I am very honored to... Uh, have the opportunity to chat with you, gentlemen. Great, Max. We'll see you in Midtown for coffee soon, I hope. Happy, happy New Year, you guys. Same Thank to you, you, guy. Thank you. 
The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. Welcome back to segment two of the Weekly Driver podcast. It's our first podcast of 2019. Our first guest was Max Mack, and as we mentioned, uh, what a deal he has on uh, Driven to Drive and uh, $75 annually, and you get to go to all kinds of cool events. He's based in Sacramento, and I look forward to going to one of those events. Uh, I thought what we would do on our second segment today is kind of recap uh, what we did in 2018. We uh, had a we were we were all over the map literally with our guests, and I went back uh, for the year and picked out one podcast from each of the 12 months of the year. And we began Bruce in January when we you and I went down to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. We had a chance to visit with uh, Alex Honnold who has come into his prominence, um, well, years ago, but most prominently this year uh, with the movie Free Solo. And we interviewed him prior to that. He climbed El Capitan, the first person ever without ropes. And uh, we met him in Las Vegas at his home, and we talked to him about his uh, two vans that he's had over the years. So it was, it was a really a good treat to meet a guy who's done nothing that nobody else in the world has done. Very unique fellow. Uh, the fact that he climbs without ropes is a little off, and the fact that he enjoys living in vans. He <laughs> yeah. pre- in fact, he prefers his van over the house, he said. He yeah. just recently purchased a house a year and a half ago, Right. and he said he prefers the van to the house. Yeah, he's, uh, even after interviewing, uh, Not it's not a boastful thing, but after 40 years, I've interviewed a lot of people, and he sticks out in my mind as one of the unique people I've ever interviewed just in his... Um, the way he he lives his life and what he's done and uh, the movie portrayed. Uh, He's a very unique uh, individual, very smart. uh, And um, it was fun to see him in the movie with his uh, girlfriend, the people who shot the movie, um, friends of ours who know that he lives. He he does the climb, still won't see the movie because it's pretty frightening in some some parts of it. I saw it twice and I, I knew the outcome. Even yeah. before the, the first time I saw it, but yes. I was on the edge of my seat both times. Both it's, times, yeah. uh, It's an incredible story, and they do touch on the van a little bit in yes. the movie. That's right. They do his nomadic uh, lifestyle for the two vans that he's owned. Well, in February, we um, had my very close friend Chuck Woodbury on as a guest, and he is an RV expert. He owns RVTravel.com and other uh, RV websites, and he were we were talking about kind of the decline of the industry and um, the manufacturers selling RVs without uh, any kind of uh, backup plan or way to return them and lots of lemons. And he's also uh, upset about um, some of the rules that have come into the RV industry where people are parking uh, RVs and Walmart parking lots, people who can't afford homes. So he was he's really, really been at the forefront of um, what he thinks is a, a disaster of an RV industry without um, any any recall. People are getting stuck. They're upside down on loans. And uh, so he was a great guest to have on to explain what's going on in the RV industry. What he was talking about uh, primarily was build quality. Yes. And the quality is, is way less than then it's desirable. They're really throwing out a lot of bad stuff out there, yes. according to him. And he the said financing that, as well. And, and he said that uh, 80% of the market is controlled by four um, owners or dealers. Yes. Companies. Yeah, manufacturers, uh-huh. So it's uh, it's it's a kind of a closed 
closed house and they're not worried about quality. That's right. And if you want to get, he's got a lots and lots of information on his web, website. And that's, again, it's rvtravel.com. Well, uh, speaking about being all over the map, in, in March, we uh, did episode number 28. And I've known about this for a long time. It's uh, the, the increasing problem of, of rodents, particularly rats, eating wires and cars. And uh, my wife owns a, a, a Honda a CRV. And, you know, sure enough, um, a number of years ago, rats ate the polypropylene inside her engine compartment. And we took it over to uh, uh, Mel Rapton. And, and I looked around and I s- said to the guy, um, you know, busy morning because all these cars were up in lifts. And he said, most of those have the same problem your wife's car has. They've been, the wires have been eaten by rats. Yeah, who knew? I, I never I, knew it was a problem. I guess that some of the, the whatever rubber polypropylene, what have you, around a lot of the wiring, especially we're talking Japanese cars or all cars? Um, primarily Hondas for some strange reason. I don't know okay, what it is. Particularly Honda then. Yeah. Really prone to rats and mice. If you live in anywhere where there's lots of trees or near a river, in particular, uh, that's where the dilemma is. In East Sacramento, where where I live, um, lots and lots of problems with rats in, in Hondas. Well, moving on to uh, March, uh, par- pardon me, moving on to April, I have a friend uh, from church, uh, Moulet, and uh, he's a fantastic guy. He moved years ago from Ethiopia. He couldn't find a job or a job that was um, that it, in which he could support himself. He has two uh, advanced degrees in business, and um, lo and behold, he became a, a rideshare driver. And um, he told us his story about uh, driving in San Francisco and in Sacramento. And when a friend got him into it, the surprise that he could do quite well. He's a very personable guy, and uh, we talked to him at length about his experience as being a Uber and a Lyft driver. I thought it was, he's just a fantastic guy and he's so much enthusiasm for what he does. He's all in on this. Yeah. He, he used to drive for Uber as well and he fell out with them, I guess, for whatever yes. reason. He didn't explain, but some bitterness there. Yes. So now it's Lyft exclusively. Yes. And he's actually making money, he says. And he, he had a, he bought a new car. I forget what even what it was, but he leased yeah. it and it paid for all of his payments plus, yes. plus whatever you know, to make a some kind of living for his family. Yeah, he bought a a, Hyundai, a new Hyundai, um, the the midsize sedan. Oh, okay. I, I forgot what that. Not what was that? What's the midsize Hyundai? I can't think of it right now. But he loves it, and uh, you know, he bring sometimes he brings sandwiches and and bottles of water and gum, and um, you know, he's a very talkative guy. So he he just you know just embraces it all the time. And this guy, he lives in Sacramento, and which is I guess relatively cheap affordable housing compared to the Bay area where yes. he works. So he works 80 miles away from where he lives. Yes. And somehow all this works out and he makes money. I don't understand, but okay. Yeah. A little bit more about him. I think in, since we interviewed him, his, the rest of his family was able to join him from Ethiopia. It was a very long process to get um, his children and his wife here. And um, to your point, he shares an apartment in San Francisco with a bunch of other friends who are also in that same occupation and they split their costs and you know sometimes you spend the whole weekend driving and go to the airport and he, you know he'll do quite well five or six hundred dollars a day but he lived in sacramento but I he lives in sacramento okay, so yeah. it's just yeah, a crash a, pad to, yes. for occasional use All for right. occasional use so he was our guest uh, in april in may uh, episode number 39 we discussed um as her final the final rides of her career were approaching uh, danica patrick 
And um, that got of a lot of attention nationally when she did Indy 500, her last ride and her long controversial career and what she brought to the sport. And her last ride was kind of anticlimactic. She didn't win. She didn't finish. But it, it attracted a lot of attention through the year as her last uh, career race approached. Yeah, her last ride was at the Indy 500. And there were great hopes. But believe it was a crash but mechanical whatever she was like 30th place so right out of a 33 driver field right so she didn't do well she didn't do well okay moving on to june we had um oh it was it was an important part of the year for me because we had on this guy a, a honda expert steve ellis who was instrumental in the fuel cell car and and um i drove that car to around during the tour of california bike race in may and had a great experience even even running out of hydrogen uh which was, um, you know, quite an experience. But we got we had Steve on, and he talked about his beliefs in hydrogen, and um, I just thought it was a great experience. I'm I'm a big proponent of that car. I think that uh, they should market it better, and they should push it. And I think it would be, you know, very good for the for the community to understand that that's a whole other, not just a hybrid, not just a, a gas electric, but a whole other way of driving a vehicle that. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert on hydrogen, but I, 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 it won me over very quickly. The yeah, car was beautiful. He, he was knowledgeable. He told us where the hydrogen, how, how you produced it, and and all this stuff that was interesting. And it does sound like a viable alternative to electric and or you know internal combustion. That's right. So we'll see where it goes. I, what do they have? Maybe they still have less than 40 stations in Sac in California. Yes, yes, they do. And and from Sacramento, it's down to Harris Ranch, and then. Southern California has most of the uh, refueling stations, and they're they're set aside from regular. They're in regular gas stations, but they have their own area, and uh, they call it the hydrogen highway. And I think by the end of 2019, there, there'll be 60 or so you know, throughout California. So that's a good thing. Yeah, some of the stations have a hydrogen trucked in to them. Yes, and other ones they actually produce the hydrogen on site. Yes, that's right. So it's a great experience, and. Uh, I look forward to hopefully driving another hydrogen car in, in 2019. Uh, in July, episode number 45 was John Craman. And uh, I've known John, we've known John for a couple of years now. He's a very good spokesman and an announcer for Meekum Auction. Just another guy with a lot of energy in what he does. And he took us through the whole phenomenon of Meekum Auctions. We've been to the one on the Monterey Peninsula doing Monterey Auto Week and just those are a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Selling a car every three minutes, all, all different shapes and sizes. And and John took us all through that uh, process of how they sell the cars, what his responsibilities are, the cars that he owns, how he got into it. It was a great, another great episode for, for meeting a guy like that. Yeah, Meekum's good because it's not all the hoity-toity. I mean, that's what they advertise is the big buck, two million plus dollar cars. But right. they have a lot of cars under $10,000. So. And it's for everybody it's to for watch everybody. or and or to sell a car and they or have, to buy. And they have uh, Las Vegas was pretty impressive, but I guess some of their other locations are larger and even more impressive. And they have, a, I don't know, they have 10 auctions a year, 12, one a month or almost one a month, I think. They have them all over the country. All over the country. So he was a great guest. Um, in August, we had something very unusual in uh, episode number 49. Uh, I have a golfing acquaintance. Um, who uh, has a son named Josh Sens, and he has done some YouTube videos. He's 12 years old, and he reviews cars. And I mean, it defined cuteness uh, to get this, to talk to him about his thoughts and what kind of a car his family owns or cars his family owns, what he wants, 
Um, he was a delightful young guy, and so we had him on as a guest talking about the process of making uh, YouTube videos as a 12-year-old. Yes, and he also, he, he was from the kid's perspective, in other words, from the back seat. So, yes. you know, he would talk about uh, what was good in, uh, for a backseat driver, if you will. That's very good. Uh, he, so he was fun. Uh, moving on to September, episode number 52, we had a race car driver. Uh, I, don't, I didn't know him at all. I think, Bruce, you had heard of him, and he's done quite well over the years. A Sacramento area guy, uh, Joey Hand, talked about his racing career, uh, what he's done in the past. He won... But he won 24-hour Le Mans at one, one, one year, I believe. Yes. And uh, had lots of other success. And he was a pretty outspoken, not outspoken, but pretty outgoing guy and took us through his career and, you know, what, what he's done. And still pretty young, has a family. I believe he's in Elk Grove. And uh, that was another uh, interesting episode to, to figure out and to get to know what these guys do day in and day out. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Top-level driver. Top level driver, uh, big, you know the big big leagues, uh, GT and GTP cars. Yes, um, in the Rolex series, uh, yeah, he's he's done a lot. Now, coming, uh, thinking about it now, he had one spectacular crash a number of years ago that got a lot of play on. Uh, he's got a website. I yeah. got a website. He's and got, got the got crash a, videos. Got the crash videos, and he got a lot of page views on his crash. He walked away from it. Um, and then, of course, in October, we had uh, a woman, Laura Adams. We've had her on twice as a guest. She is an analyst from iccars.com, and she does. She's involved with all these different surveys about uh, different parts of the car world. And in October, we talked about distracted driving, and it was the first time I've ever heard of the term um, uh, Netflixing. Four percent. She had four or five percent of people who watch Netflix as they're driving, right. among other all the other crazy people in the world who do stupid things, but. She's just uh, a very knowledgeable woman, and, and we've had her on as a guest twice because she just, you know, enlightens us with all these statistics. And, okay, in November we had on, I think, with no, all due respect to other guests, we had on my favorite of the year was Ray Elliott, who has been a tow truck driver in the Silicon Valley for more than 20 years, and he publishes a website called Idiots on the Interstate, and we interviewed him about his feelings uh, about the stupid things that people do, the stupid things that police do, some of the stupid things that even he's done, and his vast experience about uh, coming upon accidents and helping people. is He has a background um, in the medical field, and he's a pretty good guy. We've, we've interv- I've um, emailed him a few times since our interview, and the interview got a, a fair share of attention. It was, it was a really nice to hear uh, someone who really and thoroughly enjoys what they do day in and day out in the catastrophic driving conditions of the Silicon Valley. Yeah. He's been doing it for like 20 years, right? 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The stuff he's seen, like he, he says a lot of the word stupid, but, uh, that basically he's called out to fix stupid, right? Yes. That's, he's got to clear the highway after somebody's done something. A little bit of uh, bravado here. He, he got so much attention to his website after, um, we did our podcast, and I did a subsequent column on him that uh, he had to shut the website down and start anew because it's, he didn't have enough server space. So he's going to present a whole new website soon. I haven't looked; maybe it's up already. But he contacted me and said that that he had a huge traffic spike, and so good for him. He's giving away all these videos, and he's giving away practical advice for drivers um, to um, to be a little safer on the roads. And then lastly, uh, Ray was number 60, and lastly, most recently, number 63. Uh, Bruce was in Sacramento at the time, and I was in Los Angeles at the LA Auto Show. 
I did three podcasts from uh, live from the show, and number 63 uh, was to introduce the Rivion uh, SUV and pickup truck, both electric. I think they're fantastic. They're going to rock and roll the industry. I, th- I think, you know, 400-mile range, 0 to 60 in three seconds, a whole new fancy design. I, I thought it's it's um, it's really going to change the auto industry f- to have an all-electric pickup truck and van. It is. He had a lot of Elon Musk talk. Yes, he had, and, yeah. And it was aimed at Elon Musk. It was <laughs> faster. Yes. Quicker charging, cheaper, you know, everything. Everything. Better than Tesla. We'll see. We'll see. But it's they're great looking uh the prototypes we've seen. The it's got a Land Rover type of look. It's yes. kind of square boxy but uh yes. regal. Regal looks and it's got these really odd LED headlights that yes. are like in a vertical. In a vertical they're light. Little slits. I loved it. I thought it was great. And the pickup truck had that extra space between the second row of seating in the bed kind of a, you could open it up when you put your golf clubs in it or skis or whatever and it was a whole different design of a pickup truck than i've ever seen yeah it's kind of like the x-wing i guess on the suv from musk that's right or tesla you know it's that's got right. ha- it's got everything a little little nuances difference just to be something you've never seen before and they're taking orders thousand bucks thousand bucks that's Free right orders. that's right we hope to visit them in the bay area we hope to kind of tie in a visit with Byton and with rivion both in the bay area to Go talk to those people more in 2019. Well, that wraps up uh, our episodes from 2018. Again, we like to thank our guest, Max Mack, and we ho- encourage people to contact us with ideas, uh, comments. Please visit my website, www.theweeklydriver.com. There's an Amazon uh, link on that. So support our podcast and our website by buying from Amazon. You can buy anything you want. I got a little commission from that. It's the same commission that you'd get if you bought direct from Amazon. So if you're inclined, please support our podcast and other efforts um, through Amazon. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Bruce. See you later. Okay. Bye now, everybody. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today for your chance to win a 2018 Mustang RTR Spec 3.